Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. From Crooked Media, this is Unholier Than Thou. I'm your host, Philip Picardi. If you're anything like me, and by that I mean a jaded, agnostic-slash-atheist, queer millennial, the closest you've gotten to spirituality in a while is probably through your horoscope. So maybe it occurred to you too, nowhere in the rude-as-hell push alerts from CoStar were we ever properly warned about the chaos that's ensued in 2020. You are finally ready to graduate from hell, one notification read. Are we, though? 16 Jacksonville bargoers enjoying a night on the town and all contracting COVID-19. President Donald Trump has revealed sweeping plans for police reform as the country enters its third week of protests. Dubbed the murder hornet for its powerful sting and the way it decapitates its prey, this is the first time the world's largest hornet has been seen in the U.S. A literal plague of locusts devouring crops and threatening the food supply of millions. A global pandemic, mass civil unrest, even murderous insects. Surely some of this should have been spelled out in the stars. Well, it turns out it was. Astrology, I've learned, is neither a perfect science nor a crystal ball. This year was always going to be a doozy. And fair warning, it's about to get even worse. But don't worry, it's not all bad. Though you don't need to take it from me. Take it from an actual astrologer and one of my very best friends, Channy Nicholas. I am so excited to be joined here today by my friend Channy Nicholas, who is the closest I've gotten to a religion really in the past five years. You probably have seen Channy's best-selling book, You Were Born for This, an incredible manifesto and also guide to discovering astrology. I always say, if you want to go to Channy for a chart reading, please prepare to be read because she will read you for filth. Um, Channy, I've, I've sort of given you an introduction, but I'm wondering if you could give us the Tinder bio of who Channy Nicholas is, what would you say? Oh my God. Um, I am an astrologer and I really like to write a lot. And uh, I've put those two things together and, and here we are. I want to open with a memory that I have of you. It is a story of when you met my partner, Darian, and we enjoyed a brief little drink um, outside in a restaurant in New York City, and you two engaged in a slight confrontation. And I was wondering if you could explain what that conversation was about. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember it as a, co- as a confrontation at all, because he I is... I do. It was very dramatic. <laughs> Said the triple fire sign. Um <laughs> He is like the nicest person in the world. And, uh, we had a, just a really good conversation on the, on the history of medical astrology and what happened on the island of Kos a very long time ago. So there was a 
kind of a bridge uh, pathway that started to be traversed between Alexandria, where everything was kind of like flourishing. They were having a powerful uh, confluence of all different types of traditions from uh, Babylonia and, of course, Egypt and kind of all around the part of the world we call the Middle East and Southern, Southern Europe. And that was the birthplace of what we know of as astrology. Of course, there was thousands of years of history before that. And a lot of how astrology was used at that time was to understand the condition of the human body and the human life. And of course, Kos is also the place where Hippocrates was teaching medicine. A lot of what Hippocrates is saying and the ways in which he was talking about illness in the body, it's the same way as, as, it, as medical astrology speaks about it. It's all about imbalances in the system. And so astrologers were putting together a way of seeing the body that was about balance and imbalance and, and health and well-being and, and illness. There's not a very, a very deep understanding of the history and the roots of astrology. As we've understood science and as we've understood medicine and as we've understood religion and, and technology, even like astrology was part of a lot of that because we could see the results in our body and in our relationships and in our world. And then so it's it's embedded in so many of the histories of all of the things we kind of take for granted at this point. And also, aside from all of that science bullshit, astrology is also really fucking fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't I think love it was fun back being... then, but yeah. Okay, well, I think it's fun now. <laughs> like, it was used for really, really basic stuff to say, like, should I invest in this human life? Should I, is this, is this relationship going to turn out? Like, is this financially going to turn out well for me? Is, like, am I going to get through or get very far in life? And now we use it to figure out who we should and should not be fucking. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And Evolution, you know what? Those, those things are all equally important, okay? <laughs> Depending on who, what, whose values you have, those things matter to me. But I have to say, as queer folks, we tend to really grip on tight to astrology. And I am always asked this question as though I'm some astrologer or even an astrology buff, of which I am neither. Why do you think astrology matters so much to queer people? I think that we have needed to see ourselves in a positive light, in an honest light. I think that our astrology chart reflects us honestly. It reads us for filth and it also like upholds the be most beautiful part of us. And it doesn't condemn us from the get-go for being queer or what have you, any kind of marginalized identity. It just speaks to the quality of life. And so we can go to astrology and we can reclaim ourselves and we can be in relationship with something that we feel is bigger than us and not have all of the homophobic, transphobic, cisnormative kind of dogma surrounding all of it. Although it can be there depending on the astrologers that you go to, but the system itself is... Is not that. Yeah. Interesting. You know, one of the things that I think has been on a lot of people's minds is, you know, people read their horoscopes and a lot of people, especially our people, queer people, tend to hold these horoscopes as very dear to them. You send out a weekly horoscope. I read I read my star sign and my rising sign, just like you tell me to. <laughs> Every time I get your newsletter, highly recommend people subscribe to your newsletter. But listen, I'm going to be honest. I do not know if I saw the hellscape of this year reflected in any of my horoscopes. Well, why and I, would... I'm wondering. I'm just wondering, Jenny. What the fuck? 
<laughs> I do not know of an astrologer in the world that is alive right now that looked at this year's astrology and went, oh, great, this will be awesome. Like it is a astrological kind of, I won't say hellscape, but I will say obstacle course of challenges that were overwhelming to think about, not let alone try to write about, let alone try to kind of counsel people on, because you don't want to freak people out. You don't want to deter people from taking action. You don't want to make people feel like they're doomed. But you do want to be like, hey, y'all, this looks like it's going to be an incredibly defining year. So it's going to call on us to bring everything we've got to it. And I, I do believe you and I had a conversation that was very much like that in 2019. Yes, and, and it is true. I put you in the Out 100 last year, and you literally called me on the phone and were like, um, so do you, like, what kind of note do you want to end on? Because, like, you were closing the magazine. You were the very last page of the magazine. You were number 100. And it was all about looking forward. And you were like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> You told me, yeah, it's 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 not looking good. And and so what did you see? So we at the top of the year, we see something a, a configuration that's really important and only happens about every 36 years or so. It's called Saturn and Pluto conjunction. It's when the two planets come together. The last time it came together was in the early 80s. And the early 80s, of course, was when the AIDS epidemic was becoming known and not necessarily understood, but it was very much in public awareness and consciousness. And, there and it was, was devastating people. People were dying in mass. Devastating. So what happens when Saturn and Pluto come together is that uh, Pluto is this like underworld, uh, it's a deity of the underworld. And so it pulls up and unearths the things that we're most afraid of usually. And Saturn is a planet of restriction and conservatism and a pulling inward. And so we know that that kind of thing gets magnified. And what becomes really common at those times is that humanity at large goes through a really challenging passage. And the last time they came together, we had not only, of course, the the AIDS crisis, and then, of course, Reagan, and what and what did he bring in? What kind of conservatism did he bring in? And what did mm -hmm. his policies put in place for a fallout that we're still living through? So not only was oh, it yes. AIDS, but it's the war on drugs, right? And really the rise of the religious right, right? Like that was the whole beginning of that movement, the movement coming to power in the way that they have now politically. Right, right. And so we see the the another iteration of the criminalization of black communities. The prison industrial complex is gaining strength because of the conservatism that's happening around that time. We see homophobia run rampant. We see uh, black and brown folks get left out of the conversation around AIDS. That's the climate of the early 80s. Oh, you were talking about then. I was like, yes, you're talking about now. Okay, you were talking about then. Got the it. astrology that happened then is happening now. And so we look and see all of the parallels that are going on between that time and now. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it just so happens that that was the last time we had this major configuration and the configuration always 
talks about something that's really challenging for people to deal with. It brings up our fears. It brings up the issues that we have around authority and authoritarianism. Oh, also, Lord. at that time, um, an astrologer uh, that I can pull up the name of, um, that my teacher put out, my teacher, Demetra George, put out this uh, note about this asteroid named Wuhan. No. That was conjunct Saturn and Pluto at the beginning of the year. So when these two planets were coming together... Which it caused, which is the thing that happened in the 80s? Yes. So when they came together, there was an asteroid named Wuhan? That was at the same place in the sky. You are kidding me. But then what we have now, we have a Venus retrograde. And so the Venus retrogrades are often tied to, in American history, civil rights movements. Okay, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. See, this isn't like all bad. It's just that the passages that we have to go through to get to social change are narrow and challenging and, and, and they ask everything from us, don't they? Uh, yes, I would definitely agree that everything is being asked of everyone in this moment to not be an asshole. Right. <laughs> then we have um, September, October, November. Oh, November is an election month, Chani, and I don't need any of the stars playing with this election. Is that what's happening? Mars, the planet of disagreements, war, strife, action, activism, but heat. It's a planet of intense heat and inflammation is going to be retrograde through those months. What does that mean? He's he's going away. That no, that means that we are reviewing and having to work through challenges associated to division and things that that demand our action, but that also inflame the systems. You can look at the physical system, you can look at the systems of government, you can look at the systems of our society. If you just read it. It looks like a time where the kind of authoritarianism really cracks down on the individual fight. Okay. So it looks like suppression. But the the suppression is something, it's when you suppress, um, when you put, when you try to close a lid on a boiling pot, and if you were trying to like strong arm it down, the pressure's building. So we're going to (laughs) win. That can be channeled for good. The pro- one of the other problems, though, is... Oh, God! You are just a series of bad news today. Every time we seem to be turning the corner. Ask an astrologer. Um, Mercury will be retrograde oh, until God. November 3rd. Okay, but that's election day. Yeah. So if you want things to go smoothly and communications to go well, in astrology, you don't try to do things under a Mercury retrograde. No one wants to be, you know, that weird about it. But if I was going to hold an election, I would not do so through a Mercury and Mars retrograde. But you just said Mercury's direct on the third, correct? It stations direct on the third. Oh my gosh. Leading up to it, it's retrograde. I'm very anxious. I'm not looking forward to that corner of the year. Although that's probably the wrong way to look at it because maybe there'll be the pressure that we need to redefine the systems that we want to live within. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue. 
panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Have you read Joe Biden's chart yet? Oh my God. You know what? No, I haven't. Okay, we're going to have to do that. I'm so in denial that... Same. So Mercury stations direct on November 3rd. What does astrology say about November 3rd until December 31st? So November 16th, Mars stations direct. So Okay, so... So that's good, better, but I, who knows what... <laughs> what world we'll be living in at that time. What is happening at the end of the year does signal a kind of positive change. Okay. Is there a but here? Because I will lose my mind. If we can get there. <laughs> like if we literally survive. The positive change might be humans being wiped off the face of the earth, right? Listen, you know what I'm saying? Like it's all how yeah. you interpret it. So at the end of the year, we have two planets making a conjunction, Saturn and and Jupiter, and they're making a conjunction in a, in a new element. So for a couple hundred years, they'll make conjunctions in one element. For the last couple hundred years, they've been making conjunctions in the element of Earth signs. Now they're changing to air signs. So this is a big deal. Um, okay. We've been watching this cycle for like, uh, you know, more definitely more than a thousand years. People have been watching this cycle to kind of talk about the demarcations of time. So we're ending one cycle that had to do with Earth. So we can think of Earth in terms of commodity. We can think of Earth in terms of capitalism. We can think of Earth in terms of how we have uh, been working economically. And so you can look back on the past couple hundred years and look at the massive, you know, uptake in taking from the Earth and the kind of corporate global culture we're living in is definitely a kind of mark of having gone through this big earth cycle. Now we're moving into an air cycle. And so we have a chance to reset the stage, as it were. This conjunction is happening in Aquarius. Aquarius is a sign of humanitarianism and ideas and logic and science and facts. Although people that hate astrology will be like, why is this woman talking about science and facts? Because obviously she knows none of it. Um, but it, it is a time where we'll, it looks like it'll be much more about the rational. And Jupiter and Saturn coming together does feel like a time to mark a new beginning. So feels like a new age. But none of that is possible without individual, communal, collective state-wide, you know, countrywide global work. So it's not, I don't think it's like going to happen by magic, but I think that there is that kind of thing to look forward to in terms of like, there, there feels like a lot of challenges on the way to it. It's not that then there's, there's just clear skies, but it is that there, that this year is talking about tremendous challenges to get through. And then at the end, a type of restart. Okay, that is something that I feel I can get behind. And 
it feels like a lot of people are already doing a lot of that internalized work. Like even the this idea that this current social moment that we're living through um, and this uh, this kind of awakening, and, and when I say awakening, I mean for white people, um, is crucial, right? And, it, and, and if we are going to enter a new age, we have to do so by acknowledging privilege and acknowledging systems of oppression and acknowledging how these institutions that we built and we benefited from have trampled other people. And so maybe that consciousness is going to finally seep into our institutions. Maybe we are going to abolish the police and the military. Did I take it too far? No, let's go. Let's defund systems of harm and reinvest in our each other, in, in our relationships, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our school systems, in, in health and well-being for everybody. We can do that. It's not impossible. We didn't always have the police. We didn't always have systems of incarceration like this. There's been other cultures. There's been other ways of living. This is actually all really relatively new. Mm. So in, in the grand scheme of things, Jenny, do you think that you are doing astrology for the apocalypse? Or do you feel like we are living in the end of a world, but not the world? We are living in the end of a world, for sure. And I do believe there's more. And I, I do believe we can do something with what we've learned and how far we've come. And I do believe we can do better. And I, I do believe we can recreate the places that we want to live in. Chani, thank you. Thank you, guys. To learn even more about astrology, you can pick up Chani's book, You Were Born for This, wherever books are sold. And for weekly readings delivered straight to your inbox, head to her website at channynicholas.com. That's C-H-A-N-I-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S.com. And by the way, you heard the woman! The stars are spelling chaos come election day. Get ahead of the retrograde by encouraging voter turnout and helping flip the states we need to make real progress. To get involved now, head to votesaveamerica.com. Unholier Than Now is a product of Crooked Media. Our producer is Lyra Smith, with production support from Camille Peterson and Allison Falzetta. The theme song is by Taka Yasuzawa, and our executive producer is Sarah Geismer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.